Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, Bon Jovi sound checking. We got to see this. But then we hear um, the guy whistling into a microphone. Yeah, it was John, and he goes, "The kids can stay." We're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> nice. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who did their very first rock blast there in 1982, which was just so cool. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks so you don't get your singer back. (laughs) Holy shit. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview-style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers, and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. Thanks for joining me. How are we today, Sizzlers? You all right? You're good? You're trying to keep out of the heat? If you're in Melbourne, that's probably what you're doing because it's a scorcher. It's a scorcher. <laughs> oh, man. What's going on in my world at the moment? Um, I'm still on school holidays, so I've got about three and a bit more weeks to go. Uh, maybe four before I'm back at work, which is uh, which is nice. It's weird though. Any school teachers out there can uh, attest to this. The days kind of blend into each other. If you don't, if you're not going away, I mean, if you're going away and you're on a holiday, that's different. You know, you're very aware of the time because you want to, you know, stay on holiday as long as possible. But when you're just at home and you're, you know, looking after the kids and you're doing the shopping and you're cleaning dishes and you know doing the stuff that dads do. Um, or teachers do on holidays. It's uh, it's pretty hard to keep track of the days. I actually I got into that trap early in the break where I was like, oh, I don't have to get up for work. I'm going to stay up until you know midnight, one o'clock in the morning. That was a bad move because then you still got to get up and look after the, the kids, and you're just rubbish all day because you've had no sleep. So I'm back into a normal routine. I'm getting to bed. I'm, look, I'm not a saint. I get to bed now around 12.30, which means I can sleep until 8.30, which is a still solid eight, eight hours sleep. But even then, kids come in and wake you up early, 6.30, 7.30. It's very broken. So I think I might even need to get to bed 11.30, 12, so that you know, it's not such a broken sleep when, when, the, when they wake me up. Actually, it was quite adorable uh, this, this, this evening when I put the kids to bed. I was like, now, guys, this is the best way to, if you're going to have to wake us up in the morning in an emergency, this is how you do it. Mom, Dad, I need some help. Not, Mom, Dad, I need help. I need water. That's not, that's not a way to wake up. You know what I mean? It's better if you whisper. So we'll see. I'll tell you how it goes next week if I remember. Uh, we'll see if, if it works. Uh, this week on the pod, I caught up with drummer Clint and Dean from Fuvana, the Foo Fighters and Nirvana tribute band. Uh, I did a show with the boys a few weeks back at the Corner Hotel. Uh, so we thought I'd uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to sit down and have a chat about their musical careers. And uh, during the cl- the chat, Clint, the bass player, reveals a brilliant story about his time in a touring band and what the horse troughs were used for at the end of a country BNS ball. But you'll have to keep listening to find what they were used for. Art of Turing is brought to you every single Friday. You can listen to Art of Turing on iTunes, Spotify, or on the Google Podcasts app on your Android device. Shout out to Sam Webster. At the end of every pod, I'm like, can someone please rate my podcast? Sam Webster, you rated the pod and you left the best review of all time. It's fantastic. So if you're listening to this this week, thank you so much, Sam. You're a, you're a gem. You are a diamond in the rough. Guys, tell friends about this podcast. Subscribe to this podcast. Tweet about it. Make a Facebook post about it. Um, you know, just tell people about the show, you know. Uh, that would be great. Because if you're getting something out of it, then, you know, maybe someone else will as well. So please, spread the word. If you are listening with the kids, however, it might be a good idea to throw on Caravan of Courage. And then once they're dropped off at their guitar lessons, you can throw Art of Touring Buck on. And now, let's take a moment to hear from this week's sponsor. 
Episode 89 of The Art of Touring is brought to you by Lobo's Collectibles in Thornbury. Lobo's is Melbourne's largest and best vintage toy store. They have something for even the most diehard collector. Uh, Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, My Little Pony, Star Trek, Dino Riders, Wrestling, Funko Pop figures, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, The Wizard of Oz, Barbie, Gem, Lord of the Rings, pretty much every pop culture franchise is featured somewhere in this store. The list goes on and on and on. The coolest thing about Lobos is they are constantly acquiring new old stock to add to their store, so you're sure to find something different every time you visit. Let them know you heard about the store from Old Mate Sis Dog from the Art of Touring podcast. I visit Lobos most weekends and I always leave with a little something to add to the collection. Lobos Collectibles, the best toy store in the universe! Just so you know, Art of Touring is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen on your desktop, you can just Google Art of Touring and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Now, I just wanted to make mention before we get stuck into the pod, the boys uh, have played in heaps of bands over the years, uh, and there's lots of footage on YouTube of them doing their thing. So if you'd like to check them out, just throw Fuvana Australia into YouTube, and you can see what they're all about. And now let's sit back and breathe it in. That's right, it's Sizdog. And Dean and Clint from Fuvana shooting the shit. Strap in and let's get loose. It's time for the Art of Turing. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Art of Touring podcast. We're sitting in the main house today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, because um, there was some pretty serious fire winds and stuff like that, but we're quite safe here in Epping Town. And uh, sitting across from me is Clint and Dean from Fuvana. How are we, gentlemen? Very good. Very good. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for being here. uh, We've got coffees tonight. Well, that'll keep us going. Yeah. <laughs> Not just any coffee. Yeah, sensational. <laughs> barista, 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 dog, style. barista style coffee. But did you roast the beans yourself? No, I didn't. Ah, that's the only thing letting you down. <laughs> and I'll have, to, I'll have to get that happening as well. But you no. grinded them, didn't you? I did grind them, yes. That made it difficult to have that initial chat in the, in the kitchen when I was going, yeah. oh, so you've got a cat. <laughs> yeah, oh, it goes out at night, does it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Well, Clint, we'll start with you, mate. Bass player extraordinaire. Where are you from? Where did you grow up? Well, I was born in Melbourne, so I lived in Melbourne all my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up in Murrumbina in Murrum- the suburbs. Murrumbina? Where is yeah. Murrumbina? Murrumbina is between like Carnegie and Oakley. Oh, up that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah right on. Chad, Chad's Chatty. Here, Chatty. Yeah. yeah. So a very good place to grow up in the 80s. Mm. Loved it. So it was pretty much footy and cricket. And Kiss and Star Wars for me as a kid. That's about it, really. <laughs> Loved it. That sounds amazing. It was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And uh, big family, small family? Uh, only child, so very small family. Oh, only child? Yeah. Wow. So we lived in a flat in Murrumbina mm. from birth till about grade three and then moved into a house in Murrumbina. Wow. Yeah. And... Um, your family growing up, even though it was a small unit, there, there must have been a bit of a musical influence. Was your mum and dad into music or? Not really, no, not at all. I <laughs> hmm. um, just sort of heard stuff on the radio. I remember hearing Bohemian Rhapsody and yeah. then got into Kiss and then it was all over really after that. <laughs> yeah, right. Loved it, yeah. So not, neither your mum or dad were music fans at all? Not at all, no. What, what did they do for a crust? Uh, they worked at Philip Morris, a cigarette factory, which I think is now defunct down in... Mar- yeah, um, I think so. Where is that? That's in Moorabbin. Moorabbin, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so they came out from India in 1970. Yep. Um, and I was born in 72. Mm. And yeah, that's where they worked. My goodness. Mm. Um, and so living in Murrumbina in the 80s, um, that would have been... Like, so if you were born in 72, you were six when Star Wars came out? Five, yeah. Oh, five. Seven, yeah. And then five, six, seven, eight years old when Empire Strikes Back yes, came out? Yes, grade three. 
<laughs> and then eleven when Return of the Jedi came exactly. out. Exactly, grade six. Oh man, you were you were perfect <laughs> ages. Perfect. Had all the action. Still have all the action figures. You don't. Still do. Oh, I do. I are wish they? I had the cases in the and the blasters no. and no. But I've got the figures. Yeah. You, no one ever chucked them out. They're still in no the house. One, there, there was a lot of stuff chucked out yep. of various other things. Yep. Some of my Kiss collection. Oh. But Star Wars, pretty much, I've got everything, yeah. Wow, that is cool. Mm. Well, I'm going to have to ask you to send me a photo of your Star Wars collection. <laughs> I will, mate. At will some point after this podcast. Do. Currently be- my daughter's uh, cupboard, I think. <laughs> but I'm oh, good. Fo- yeah. They're in the house. They are in the house. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. That's that's warmed my heart. <laughs> no, I'll have to get them out and take a photo. Oh, wow. And so Kiss, that would have been the yeah prime time for that as well. Yeah. That so would have taken over the world at that 1980, point. 1980, they came to Australia. Yeah. November 15, 1980, to be exact. Played mm-hmm. VFL Park. And you and weren't allowed to go? No. Parents said, grade three, you're too little. And parents we're not just taking don't it. understand. Yeah. We're not taking Too it. little, oh. yeah. But... Um, yeah, that concert was legendary. People around the area sort of talk about it. And, uh, mm. Yeah, it was, like you said, prime time to grow up for all of that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Remember my, uh, I was about 11 and I think it was 1990. I know, I would have been 10 when Guns N' Roses came out to Calder Park. Yes. And I think my brother got to go because he's the oldest. So he was able to go, but m- me and my other brother we were too young. We couldn't go. Um but we're kind of lucky that we didn't because it was pretty much a disaster. <laughs> it was hot. Were you there, dude? No, my my brother was there. Yeah. And oh, look, he's never really told me how he got home. Yeah. I've never really asked. That might be a What's, question for him later. But, there's a freeway um, going past it now, exactly, but back then yeah. it would have just been a dirt road. No, like, yeah. <laughs> we hired, a, we not hired, we borrowed a combi van. Uh, I remember it was 30 degrees at 9am that day. Mm. You, you so, went? Well, I went. I was oh, there. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Um, and I remember we took off in this orange combi, got to call it, it was 30, and it was just, yeah, it was hot. Then it poured with rain, oh. but it was an experience, you know. They had yeah. um, four bands. We had Pearls and Swine, Rose Tattoo. Rose Tattoo. Even back then, they were, yes. that's cool, because, you know, Nice, uh, nice Boys. Nice Boys, they played that. Yeah, yeah. And Skid Row, who were my favourite. Oh, wow. And then Gunners headline. And then the Gunners. And when Skid Row played, it was just the weather was changing, the rain came, it cooled out. And I think by the time the Gunners came on, everyone was just stuffed. Yeah. It was a big day. Probably got to around 40, early 40s. But look, it was an experience. And to get home took forever. Like out of that car park. Yeah. I think there's people still there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm not sure. I heard this story my brother told me, and that was, you can tell me if it's true or not, and that was that um, to actually get Guns N' Roses to the venue, they actually choppered them there. Like, they came down in helicopters. Do you Correct. remember helicopters flying Correct. around? I Calder? do remember. True story. That actually happened. Mm. Wow. That is so rock and roll. It is, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is. makes sense because there really isn't anywhere. I mean, it is actually kind of close to the airport. They could have just, you know, driven there from the airport. But I guess to to make that grand entrance That's and right. the biggest band in the world at yeah. that point, why not? Exactly. Well, how are we getting the venue? Choppers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they didn't parachute in. <laughs> no, that would have been good. Oh, fantastic. And what about you, Dean? Where did uh, where did you grow up, mate? Where are you yeah. from? Well, uh, I grew up in Aspendale, which is near the beach. Mm-hmm. And funnily, funnily enough, I can't even swim. <laughs> and um, I think for me, it was just more about riding the bike up and down, you know, yeah, to Mordialic right. and Mentone. But yeah, Bayside suburb of Assie. Yeah. And um, I lived in Murrumbina for a while as well. And you I'm did. actually back near there now, Malvern East. Yeah. My lovely wife who puts up with me and all my stuff. And uh, yeah. uh, same as Clint, Kiss fan. Star Wars fan. They put up with oh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Our wives put up with a lot. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, born in 78. Yeah. So again, as we were saying before, sort of um, that, that peak sort of period, you know, sort of crossover, I guess, between 80s and 90s of being yeah. a teenager. Yeah. So I liked I liked Kiss and Bon Jovi and Def Leppard and whatever because yeah. I had an older brother. So that's what he was listening to. Yeah, as a little then, kid. 90s come along. Mm-hmm. I'm a teenager. What yeah. are you going to listen to? Nirvana, Pearl Jam, etc., etc. Yeah. Oasis, Smashing Pumpkins, everything. Mm. And then I sort of got into the heavier stuff like 
Metallica and Sepultura and Slipknot after that. So yeah, but then I like Craig David as well. So don't hold that against me. <laughs> I'm walking and, away and Spice Girls. <laughs> I was a member of the Spice Girls fan club. No uh, shit. Yeah. Wow. So very eclectic. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only tribute band you're not in a Spice it's, Girls. It's one. Pretty much. I oh, should do it, it though. Yeah. <laughs> should get that happening that'd be a money maker yeah. definitely yeah yeah the spice boys the spice, spice boys, boys. Exactly. <laughs> like the metal versions girls. of the yes. of the spice girls yeah. tunes but i think um yeah for me especially growing up uh, uh in the 90s being a teenager playing guitar um there was a lot of good stuff that came out silver chair was probably a big influence yeah, as well just right. used to you know run home from school and put on frog stomp yes and these kids are you know like a year or two younger than me I know. And I'm like, gee, this sounds good. How do they get that lower sound? I thought they tuned their entire guitar down yeah, one step. Yeah. That's just the top string. Just the drop D, <laughs> that's mate. That's so much easier. Yeah. When you realise that sort of stuff, it's like, wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you had a brother. Is he a musician as well? Or? No, not no. at all. Hopefully you don't hear him sing. Yeah, he's not <laughs> no good, hey? No. <laughs> there's, uh, there's no real music influence uh, yeah, in my family. There's, either? Or? I've got an uncle that played drums. I've got a great uncle that played drums. Yeah. But my mum and dad, nah, not no, not really. Mum yeah. used to sing in the shower. used to tell her to shut up. <laughs> um, but apart from that, there's, uh, no, there's nothing. So I think it's mainly just from listening to my brother's albums yeah right so especially because he's older than me so you know he was probably out of the house more than he was in mm. when i was um growing up as a teenager so um his stuff was still there and i was just going to you know oh is it okay if i go into your bedroom when you're not here <laughs> listen to all your records i'm yeah. just going through his records and cds and stuff but yeah he, he had some random stuff like he'd have fleetwood mac and see my mum had stuff like that as well yeah i love john farnham oh, oh. yeah yeah He's the voice, just try and understand it, right? <laughs> and um, <laughs> but then, you know, she had Barbara Streisand and stuff. And look, I listened to it. I wouldn't say I'm a fan of it, but I mm. did listen to a lot of different stuff. Yeah, but yeah. But then I'd be back in my room listening to Kiss and playing along with all the live albums and sure, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Far out. Um, and now switching back to you, Clint, um, you're a bass player um, now, but is that the instrument that you that music first called to you on or did you start on a different instrument? No, I started on the guitar, Dave. So mm-hmm. probably not till about the age of 17, I decided, yeah, I want to do this. To swap um, over to bass? No, no, I started with guitar at 17. Just oh, right, guitar, yeah. right, right. And uh, just learned off friends and off books and uh, went to uni in the early 90s and um, a mate I hooked up with said they needed a bass player. So mm. I, thought, I could do this. Went and bought a bass, went down and <laughs> rehearsed with them and started playing bass from then on. That was it. Yeah. Played rhythm guitar in a couple of bands, but um, yeah. yeah, it's been pretty much bass the last 20 years, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, and was that a that, that uni band, was that a, a covers or an, or an original band? It was covers. Yes. We'd, we'd throw in our, you know, our originals <laughs> yeah. here and there, but uh, predominantly just your generic covers. Sort of band, yeah. So you were booked to play like three sets of 45? Like you were a cover band? Yeah, a cover band, yes. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. No major venues though, Dave. You know, just uh, uni functions <laughs> and 21sts and things like that. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, those are the gigs, man. Absolutely. We had to start well, somewhere. That's where Van Halen started. We thought we were rock gods Van Halen back then. were playing parties in, you know, LA. Exactly. That area. 100%. That's yeah. how you do it. Oh, that's cool. What was the name of that cover band? It was called Just Quietly. <laughs> Just Quietly? Just Quietly. That was yeah, one of the sayings of the 90s, Just wasn't quietly. it? Just Quietly. <laughs> Just Quietly. That's the best cover band name I've ever you like heard. It? <laughs> Just Quietly. <laughs> that's fantastic. It's still one of my favourite questions on the art of touring is what was the name of the first band? That's in my top ten. Easy. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Easy. Just Quietly. Yep. Easily. I don't think I can claim to naming it. I, hey, but you were in it, mate. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Take exactly. it, take what you can get. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. And what about you, Dean? When did um was it guitar that first called to you as well? Yeah, or? yeah I think it was maybe I was six or seven, picked up the guitar, had some lessons. Um, but I think when I got to maybe year eight, so if you think in thirteen, fourteen, I picked yeah. up the electric. Um, and there was a teacher by the name of Mr. Sampson at Morty Ellick Secondary that uh, was teaching guitar there. Um, and I just wanted to learn Kiss. It's all that sort of, I just want to play Kiss. I don't, I don't want to play anything else. I just want to play. But 
you've got to go through you know all that stuff you know what it's like mm. you got to play your elvis and beatles and simple chords and stuff you can't be good straight away yes <laughs> as frustrating as that is yeah so I'll get there eventually. Um, and then just as a, a, a quiet aside, the, Mr. Sampson actually teaches at Parkdale Secondary. Mm-hmm. I did a couple of months there working sort of in between jobs. Yeah. Um, and the first thing is like, oh, you remember me? Dean the Kiss fan. Yeah. Yes, I remember you straight away. <laughs> yeah. And that would have been like 10, 15 years after the fact. No, that was just recently, a couple of years ago. 20 years. Oh, about 20 years yeah. ago. Wow. So there you go. So, but um, I think for me, playing guitar in my bedroom along to these recordings mm. was how I sort of mastered it, if you want to say that. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't want to sing though. No. Did not want to sing until I started writing my own songs. Yeah. When I was about 16. Yes. So you get the little cassette. So for all you people out there that don't know what these things are, what's the, the, what's the age range? Tape? Yeah, right. What's the age range that listens to this stuff? Um, I think most people who listen to this will know what a cassette is. Over 40? Is. Yeah. Over 30? Yeah, most of um, Yeah, cassettes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you get a cassette player, the one with the microphone inbuilt, so you can just play and it actually picks it up, right? 100%. And you can record onto cassette. Yeah, and then you yeah. go from cassette to cassette and you overdub that. And the quality gets worse and worse. But <laughs> yeah, but you awesome. can multi-track, dude. Oh, mate! Yeah. The first thing, the first couple of things I did multi-tracking was a couple of Oasis songs. Nice. And I played it to my brother and his then wife, and she's like, "Oh, you're a good little singer, aren't you?" Hey. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, well maybe I can sing. Nice. You know, singing. In, I didn't want anybody to hear me. Yeah. Mum and dad go out. House is free, right? Crank it up. Sing along. Oh, I can probably hit those notes. Didn't really understand how. Sure. But, you know, it's all, I had a few lessons later on, figured out how to actually sing. Mm. Um, but again, I think it's just all practice. Yeah, man. Yeah. 100%. Um, and so getting those lessons on the guitar and then figuring out all the little magic fairy dust along the way. Mm. Um, in high school, were you, were you able to form a band or, or you weren't in a band no, in school? It, it came later for me. Yeah. Um, I did try to. Actually, I think I was in the school band for maybe two weeks. Yeah. Um, but they wanted to play stuff like, you know, Spinning Wheel and all this. It wasn't Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all comes back to that. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't rock and roll. Just, yeah, I didn't want to do anything like that. And that I had to read music. And, yeah, I don't really read music. I don't have to, so I don't. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I learn by listening. Yes. So you can put on a thing, and especially when you listen to stuff. So what we do in Fuvana is you listen to... Foo Fighters songs, Nirvana songs, mm. you just pick them up. It's real easy as well when you say, oh, let's practice this song because you've got the actual recording there. Exactly. It's probably a bit harder when you do originals and you're trying to formulate it yourself Yeah. and you tell the other guys what to do, but we've done mm. that as well. Mm. But yeah, with that, it was like, um, yeah, I can just pick it up and just, yeah, straight away. So no, for me, it was probably in my 20s Yeah. getting into bands and, you know, taking it from there. What was the yeah. first band that you were in? Well... I went to TAFE with a guy named George mm-hmm. and our first band together when we started doing original stuff, so this is 97, 98. Yeah. Um, it was called 12X. 12X? Yeah. Yeah. What was the meaning behind that? It was the CD-ROM speed because we did computers at TAFE. Ah, oh, <laughs> 12-speed. Yeah. There was. There's no real meaning behind it, but... That's you what know, it was. That's it. And it was original tunes? Yep. Yeah, original tunes. Yeah, nice. Yeah, we didn't really do too much with it, which is a shame, but we wrote some good stuff. It was good to actually get into the, you know, to, to try and see what we can do. Yeah, definitely. Um, but then after that, we started this cover band and we'll sort of, we'll get to that in a second and, you know, meet up with everybody else and play mm. these other bands. But Which um, TAFE did you uh, go to? Frankston. Chisholm. Oh, Frankston. Yep, yep. Yep. So it was funny because I think that's what you do when you're at school. Yeah. Is you write down band names, you try and think of stuff and, mm. you know, what kind create of gimmick. Logos. Create logos. <laughs> what kind of things we're going to do. Yeah. So, you know, you're bored. You're <laughs> talking about computer programming. I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> it's, like, it's what I'm enrolled in. I suppose I've got to turn up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then you're writing in your, in your little notebook there. And I was like, saw the 
CD-ROMs. One said 8X, and I'm like, 8X? That's a pretty cool band name. And then George said 12X, and we're like, yes! That's it. <laughs> doesn't it. mean anything, yes. but it can mean anything you want. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Let's, yeah, that's cool. Let's put it in there. Yeah. Wonderful. So we did that for a couple of years. Nothing really sort of uh, came out of it. It was uh, more just to cut memories. your teeth to, like, you know, write tunes and, you know, yep. play with another musician, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Now that's a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. A lot of musicians get their start with um, in their original, you know, scene just by yeah experimenting and mm. you know, playing with other musicians. Doesn't matter whether they have live shows or not, you know. I was actually listening back to one of the old episodes of the show um, with Julian James, and he's talking about. Um, you know, how he's been asked by a lot of bands over the years to to manage them. And he's like, well, what do you need? What do you actually want me to do? You know, like if you want a booking agent, that's not me. I wouldn't want to book a band. You know, that sounds like a nightmare and I agree with him there. And also, um, you know, most bands that really cut through, they just come out of nowhere. So what you want to do is just stay in the rehearsal room for 18 months and just get your show and your shit down Yeah. so that when you play your very first gig, everyone goes, whoa, where did these guys come from? You know, instead of the whole old adage of, you know, earning your stripes and building a fan base and like showing up only having learned, you know, written a couple of songs and then a couple of covers and then like it's pretty much infancy, you're showing everyone your cards as soon as you get to the gig. Yeah. I was like, oh man, that if I had my time back, I definitely would have taken <laughs> yeah, that advice. Sure. I would have stayed in the rehearsal room for years yeah. and then go, okay, I reckon people will dig this. Now let's <laughs> yeah. show everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, um, well, so again, yeah, going back to um, this friend of ours, George, that he, I was in like a cover band with him, he said, Oh, let's um, you know, I've got a couple of friends. Let's uh, make a cover band. Yeah, and he was a good guitarist, and I was a guitarist. So I was a singer, sort of a bit of both. Sure, you know, Paul Stanley style, mm. um, John Bon Jovi, all that sort of thing. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll switch over to bass. Yeah. So I became a bass player. Still am. Like I've got a cover band called Regulator, mm-hmm. not Regurgitator. Yeah. Um, Regulator. <laughs> it's another good band name. Um, with a couple of guys, uh, Brad and Jerry, and we do some gigs here and there. You know, weddings, parties, anything. Book yep. us if you need to. Yeah. And um, I play bass and sing in that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But then the other bands that I play in, it's guitar and vocals. Yeah. So, but you swap between be- the two. Yeah, it became a necessity, I guess. Mm. But then I think we were rehearsing. In the very early days, it was like six of us. We had sax player and keyboardist and female vocals and everything. And yeah. you know, we went through so many incarnations and different names and everything. And I think you can practice as much as you like, but for me, you got to get in front of a crowd. Yep. So practice, 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 but play in front of people as well because mm. it's a different thing. It is, yeah. You being a front man. Oh, exactly. How do you talk to people and how do you move around and all that sort of thing? You know, you can do so much in your bedroom and in the rehearsal studio, but you get out on the stage. Yeah, it's a different different animal, yeah. Most definitely. Whip your hair back and forth. and Have you got any stories from when you did start getting out in front of people? Yeah, actually, I can tell you about the first gig we did, Mulgrave Footy Club. Yeah. <laughs> so the drummer Brad, who I'm still good mates with, is actually my best man. I was his best man at our, at our weddings. And he used to play footy for Mulgrave. So obviously they need a band. Hey, we can do it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, apart from the sound guy blowing up the um, the, sissy, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the electricity because yeah, he had these massive subwoofers that were oh like as gosh. big as this table that we're sitting on now. Yeah. Um, ridiculous amount of power for a, a hall mm. it, not a massive hall it's a decent sized hall but it's not big by any means so you know you have to try and get that sorted um but no i think the first gig that we did there was two minutes at least of silence in between every song oh wow because we had no idea what to do we've got our set list you got i don't know 12 15 songs i can't even remember yeah um but because people are tuning up I didn't know how to talk to the crowd. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. Yeah. All very green at that stage. So a lot of silence. Lot of, and everyone was like, what? what? And I think at once, because we actually videotaped the entire gig and I've, you know, I've, got, I've got a copy of it somewhere and you watch yeah. it back and you're like, I just need to cut all that out because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> one, I think at one stage, I don't know if something happens. I don't, 
just like three or four minutes of silence. It's like you could, could have played another song there. Jeez, that's and how I, long they were yeah, taking. Yeah, I don't know what was happening. I think we're wow. all guilty of it, not singling anybody out in out. particular. Yeah. I think we're just all, oh, we're making sure we're okay. Is everybody good to go? Especially if you've got, you know, five people in the band or however many there were. Mm. Um so it was so surprising you didn't know that uh, having gone to TAFE because when I went to TAFE, like that was like we had a performance platform class and they like they would teach us that kind of stuff. So like you know, make oh sh- no, well the, the the TAFE thing I was doing was just computer technology. So oh, it wasn't a music course. No, no. Oh no. right. No, that's random, isn't it? Oh, well, that makes sense then. You're getting a show walk, together. You're like, oh, well, yeah. we know the songs, but what's in, next? Yeah, exactly. I walk in the TAFE, I'm wearing a Kiss t-shirt. I make friends. Bang. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that, Clint. Walk anywhere. Everyone wants to talk to you. That's it. If you've got a Kiss t-shirt on. Yeah. Okay, I'll try yeah. that. I have to buy it. Oh, Maiden works. Wrestling works. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Dave's wearing Triple H for those that can't see at home. I am. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll take the photo later and, and you'll see me wearing my Triple H shirt. And Clint's got Weezer. And Dean has Iron Maiden. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's quite an eclectic mix. <laughs> it's, it's still very pop culture. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Now, the, uh, the Triple H shirt, I... Um, I bought only a couple of weeks ago. I, I was just down here in the local shops at the milk bar and we walked in. I don't know why I walked in because who goes to a milk bar in 2019? They, do they still exist? <laughs> true, There's one it? down there. But really? I think yeah. I saw these shirts out the corner of my eye. I'm like, what are the shirts doing? Is that a wrestling T-shirt? And I went in there and, and I saw this bootleg wrestling WWF. T-shirt. And it even says WWF on it. That's <laughs> it how does, old school it is. And milk bars now, they're not... Yeah. I remember milk bars in the 80s. They sold records in my one oh, in wow. Yeah, right. Yeah. I remember buying Bohemian Rhapsody in 7-inch at the milk bar. At the milk bar. At the milk bar. Footy cards at the milk bar. Little matchbox cars. Fags. Fags. <laughs> Can't buy fags anymore, Dave. They're fads they now, aren't fads they? Now. <laughs> and the but the bananas, the little yeah. little um, oh, yeah. lolly bananas. Yeah. You could clean up like for ten cents. Ten yeah. cents a whole bag. Must must Ooh. sticks. That yeah. was the next Milk one of all this. Yeah, Redskins. Yeah, Redskins. <laughs> all that shit. Jesus, we're shit. I'm pretty age. sure they do have that stuff yeah. still at the bars. So. But we don't go there anymore because we're, we're, well, yeah, we're in our 30s and 40s. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. And I, don't, I wouldn't take my kids in. I know I would never get them to sleep if I gave them whiz fizz. No. <laughs> <laughs> the milk bar is a bit shonkier these days. Well, the yeah, ones we, in Glen yeah. Waverley are anyway. Yeah, yeah there yeah. was one down the, the road from us that's uh, not there. But even when you went in and they were still open, it's like they must be doing something else. No, well, not I much think going on. what it is, is they literally exist for school age students. 100%. That's what it is. The ones that survived are the ones opposite high schools and primary exactly. schools. Exactly. Oh. like they've got their pocket money. Mum's not picking me up yet. Let's go to the milk bar. Yep. Let's get a bag of lollies. Let's get some footy cards. Absolutely. Yep. That's literally how they still exist. Because, yep. yeah, who's going there to buy milk? That's <laughs> <laughs> 7-Elevens for you. <laughs> exactly. right. Yeah, 7-Elevens are taken over. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, we'll switch back to you now, Dean. Um, you, you're in... Um, university. What were you studying at university? Did you uh, say Clint here? Sorry, oh, sorry, Clint. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, Clint. Paul. No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> back to Clint now. Yeah. So um, uni, I studied when I finished high school. I got into primary teaching and audio engineering. So I did audio engineering for a year. Yeah. And then I, th- you know, sort of looked, weighed up the job prospects and stuff. And yeah. although I like my music, I thought I'd go with the teaching. So mm. did a primary teaching course for three years, and uh, yeah, then went out. And got a job as a teacher. So you're a primary school teacher? Yeah. So I did classroom teaching for about 10 years. Yep. And because I majored in PE, I um, did PE teaching after that. Right. So probably the last 15 years I've uh, been a PE teacher. At a primary school? At primary. Wow. I don't think I'd go back into the classroom now. I like it too much. Yeah, yeah. Being a specialty um, teacher is a very different it is. gig. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I mean, it's something, you know, obviously I love my sports. So I'm passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, you know, it's full on during the day being a specialist, but, mm. you know, the sort of after hours things and that are a lot less intense than the uh, the uh, classroom teachers who do a lot of work. Oh, man, I respect the hell out of um, primary school classroom teachers, man, because yeah. they are the person, unless they go out once a little in a little while to see the 
PE teacher or the music teacher or to go to the library, yep. they're it. They are. Every day, they're going to be the maths teacher, the science, yep. the, 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 the grammar, everything. And the kids probably see more of them than some of their parents during well, yeah. the week, I'd say. Well, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I'm, my, my kids are five and a half turning six at the start of next year, and they're going to be starting prep. And yeah, they're, they're starting high school, uh, primary school, sorry. I'm freaking out. Goes quick, Dave. It's going to go so quick. <laughs> it goes quick. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, and my... so you're in the primary school sector. Yeah. Um, and so that's what you were studying. And all the way through that, you've always had your music. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So I sort of um, just quietly sort of ran towards the late 90s mm-hmm. and then joined another cover band um, called ASL, which stood for Age, Sex, Location. I hated that name. <laughs> But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That was like a, um, yeah, an internet yeah, thing. Exactly. You'd, when you go into a chat room, you'd be like ASL? Yes. Yeah. Wasn't a fan of that name, but it wasn't my band. But, um, yeah, so I did that till probably mid-2000s. Yep. Uh, that sort of stepped it up from the last one. And that's when you started kind of working at like more, well, you were saying reputable places. Yes. Getting more like serious gear, well, serious, but cover band gigs. Yeah, yeah. Pug Mahones, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that sort of stuff. And, yeah, yeah. But still, you know, the gigs were few and far between compared to now where we're playing, you know, with all our bands every weekend pretty much. Yeah. But, you know, we're still doing other stuff while we were doing that, so. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Any f- fond memories of, from those days that you can uh, Those days on? were... Not so memorable, but after that, the next band I joined was called the Silver String Outlaws, which was a country rock band. Okay. So that was really different for me. I just answered a Mel Band ad. Yeah. And I went round to their rehearsal, which is at a factory space, and they've got a 47-foot coach for touring in, and they toured all around Australia. Jeez. Because there was no real market in Melbourne for the country rock thing, so the yeah. kids were regional or interstate. Yeah. So I went there, bluffed my way through the uh, audition. <laughs> yeah. And they said, okay, that was a Tuesday, I think. We're playing Saturday in Dargo, which is about four hours away, just up from Bairnsdale. You're playing. I said, okay, cool. So I bluffed my way through that gig too and <laughs> oh my stayed gosh. with them for about five years. Really? And that was an experience. You know, I sort of was only used to playing the pubs around Melbourne. Yeah. But we played <laughs> a varied number of places, a lot of uh, B&S balls which were really an eye-opener. Lots yeah. of fun. So there'd be a field out in the middle of nowhere, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there'd be up to, you know, three and a half, four thousand 4,000 people at some of them. Wow. All pay their $100 or whatever, come in their white shirts and pants and the ladies in their dresses. And by the end of it, they'd throw food dye all over each other and drink about 20 cans of Bundy each, I think. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want to hear more about your time in Silver String Outlaws, that's for sure. But before we do, I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about Anytime Fitness in Epping. I recently joined the Anytime Fitness community and I love it. They give you a key fob, uh, which gives you access, 24-hour access, not only to your home gym, but every Anytime Fitness location around the world. Which means if you're planning a holiday and you don't want to ease up on your training while you're overseas or interstate, you can still find a gym wherever you are around the globe. It's perfect for the Turing Muso or for the wrestler as well, the Turing wrestler. If you're on the road and you need to get a pump in before your next match or your next gig, you can always find an Anytime Fitness somewhere and get your training in. I love the whole concept of the 24-hour gym. And I think the best part for me, because I don't like training with headphones, uh, is they have an app called Crowd DJ, which you can download to your smartphone and you can control the music in the gym. So if you're in the mood to play some of your favorite tracks and you've forgotten your headphones at home, or if you are like me and you don't train with headphones on, uh, you can still listen to your own playlist of music while getting your gym session done. Uh, You also have the any time fitness app which you have access to when you sign up uh, uh, which has heaps of programs and workouts uh, to help you on your fitness journey not to mention the very friendly staff who are always happy to help so head on down to anytime fitness in epping and sign up today i remember going to one it was just near horsham and saw all these troughs there thinking what are these troughs for and at the end of the night I found out they were spew troughs. Oh, oh so my you've God. Got all these people literally throwing up in oh the troughs. So, <laughs> so, yeah, Ute Musters, BNS Balls. We did a tour up the East Coast, yeah. um, New South Wales, Queensland. Played a lot of country pubs. Yeah. Met a lot of characters. 
Um, bus broke down a few times over the years <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really good experience. That uh, must have cost a lot to keep a bus going around Australia. That yeah. would have just guzzled fuel. Well, that's right. It, it did. It was an yeah. 80, a 1983 Denning coach. Yeah. And it was decked out. Um, with all the, the band logo and everything, it looked really cool. Black the band bus. logo. Yeah, it looked really, really cool. I'm going to see a photo yeah. of that. Ooh, That's yeah. cool. And the guys are still going, and now yeah. they've got a double decker bus with an even cooler Oof. band logo. No, they don't. <laughs> they do. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So they were good memories, good guys. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how we found Fuvana. Yeah, right. Because the guitarist in that band. And I were, you know, pretty tight. And then we had a drummer fill in one night who had happened to be their old drummer. Mm-hmm. And bass player, drummer, we just clicked yeah. as friends and um, also the way we played, you know, as you would know, bass and drums. Special and kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> special. Very special. He's a special kind of guy, Steve. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we we just said after that gig, man, we got to do something together. Yeah. And after He's a week, got the dreads, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Think, yeah exactly. Yeah. And can I just interrupt for one second? Yeah, we we did that show a few weeks ago together at the corner, and um, we were watching you guys play from side of stage. And with the security guard at the um, at the entry into the backstage area comes and goes. Oh, someone needs to talk to you. I'm like, oh, okay, what's up? And and it's these two ladies with these drinks. It's like a Red Bull and like a. a, a pot of beer and i'm like oh who are they for she's like oh they're for the drummer can you <laughs> can you give these to the drummer i'm like yeah of course and so i, I in the middle of the song his old mate sis dog just kind of got these two drinks and just kind of put them right next to his cymbal stand and then just kind of swan my way back off stage <laughs> nice one and my, my bass player turns to me and goes sis that was so rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> nice one he would have appreciated that i time. think he yeah. did yeah yeah yeah, I think you did. Yeah. Anyway, so please continue. Yeah, so we were just saying we've got to do something together. We yeah, were a couple yeah. of weeks. We were playing, believe it or not, we were back at Darko again with Silver String Outlaws. And I said to the guitarist and him, what about a Foo Fighters Nirvana tribute? Yeah. I know this guy. And I was thinking of Dean. Yeah. And they said, yeah, cool, man. So we teed it up. This was probably mid-2011. Yep. And we, you know, sent set lists around, said... Learn these six songs. Mm. We had a jam and it sounded really good, really mm. good. So we thought, yeah, let's do this. So I think we played our first show September of that year, 2011. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And so now, yeah, in 2019, you've been going what, seven eight years, years, seven, eight years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. And same lineup too. Yeah. Yeah. So you eventually got a, a second guitarist as well. Yeah, um, so Baz, who was in um, Silver String Outlaws with me. Yep. Yeah, so he was the other guitarist, yeah. And still is? And still is. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so he still does the... The rhythm guitar, yep. Yeah, still plays the other guitar. Oh, and no, he's not in Silver String Outlaws anymore oh, either. Oh, okay, okay, We okay. both kind of left at the same time. Yep. Got kind of a bit weird with the two bands. Mm-hmm. You know, and as we were getting more gigs with Fuvana, having yep. to say, so we sort of thought, yeah, probably time to step away. Yeah, and let and them look, find some dudes. Exactly. And the yeah. touring, you know, my kids are 14 and 15 now, but around that time, you know, wanted to spend some time with the kids. And when dad's yeah, away man. every weekend and he comes home <laughs> half asleep, it's hard. You would know with touring, it's a thing. It you're really away is. and you're yeah. on this high. And you're probably eating and drinking different things you normally do at home, not living as healthy a lifestyle. Yeah. And I used to find coming home on a Sunday afternoon, it'd take me two days to relate to talk to my wife and my kids properly. Yeah, You know what I mean? And I'd feel really bad about that. Yeah. So that was a big factor in wanting to step away. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I think it was a good decision because since then, probably had the most gigs of my life. There you go. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, let's, um, let's go back to Dean. I got it right that time. You did. <laughs> well done, Paul. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, very good. That's my older brother's name. Oh, so there you, you go. Close, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, Dean, you, you've you've come now, and you, you're playing in. What was the last thing we were talking about? I get a little bit confused sometimes with the two stories. Yeah. So I've been doing covers for quite some time, but so if you want to sort of link this up, yeah, we'll, um, we'll start linking it up. Yeah, Why not, Clint? And I played in a Paul Stanley tribute band called Live to Win. Right. In 2007. And that came about in interesting circumstances too. Yeah. I answered an ad on Melband again. Yeah. Saying, 
basis one for Paul Stanley tribute. I thought, hey, is there anything Kiss better fan, than that? Done. Yeah. And um, not just Mel Bands again. Mel Band. Yeah, yeah. Not knowing who was in the band, so I rolled up to Kindred Studios in Yarraville. I've been there. And I see Dean and George, who I'd met through a mutual friend earlier, yeah. mutual school it's friend. Like, hey, oh, I know you. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So at this point, we're probably only acquaintances. We'd met each other a couple of times at different parties and stuff. So yeah. it's just, you know, it's like six degrees of separation. Everybody sure. knows everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's probably more so even being a musician. But I guess at that point in time, um, yeah, I'd met Clint a couple of times through our mutual friends. Um, didn't really realize that he was a, a bass player and all that stuff. And yeah. And a and then, Kiss fan. And a Kiss fan. Yeah. And then, of course, he answers the ad and it's like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, so that all sort of came about. Yeah. And then we did that for a little bit of time. So that coincided with the, the tour that Paul Stanley did himself. Right. Um, so it was so, an acoustic kiss. No, this is rocking. This is full on electric, shredding, all oh, that stuff. Oh, makeup and everything? No, no, no. Oh. So Paul Stanley came out with the, you know, Rockstar, the, the show that they had in the States, like In Excess, and they were finding a new singer and all that sort of stuff. I remember that show, yeah. yeah. It was that band, was the backing band for Paul Stanley. Right. On his solo tour. So, no makeup. No makeup. Nice ah. leopard print shirt. Yeah. So, I've got a leopard print shirt, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I wear that to our other Kiss gigs and stuff, so we'll yeah, get yeah. into that one later. Um, but we played stuff... That pretty much Paul did on that tour. Yes. And then we're, we can expand on this. We can do other stuff that Kiss has never played. Because there's a lot, if, you know, it's 45 years yeah, of history. Yeah, yeah. So you've got these. Of history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we just had Kissmas. Yeah, exactly. Merry Christmas to <laughs> you, Dave. Fantastic. Merry Christmas to you too, boys. I actually saw a shirt in, um, in Zing today. It was a Star Wars uh, Christmas themed shirt with uh, a stormtrooper on it and nice. it said uh, Merry Sithmas oh <laughs> nice that's good nice yeah, yeah that's no, please, nice please continue so we we thought we'd do something a bit different because um, you've got these these great bands out there like Kiss Stroyer Kiss This they do all the makeup the theatrics and all that which is fantastic yeah I wanted to do something different and I'm a bit lazy so sure. I was <laughs> right. just like nah I'll put a wig on put a leopard print shirt on yeah eh, I'm done you know, that's okay. it. There's nothing better than rocking up just in a t-shirt. You know, it's fantastic. So that means, because you mentioned um, history before, and there's a lot of stuff, and there's stuff that they did um, without makeup on. Mm-hmm. Did you guys do? Um, God gave rock and roll to you. I don't know. I don't, if, I I don't think we played that, but that Probably was the not. sort of stuff we were going for—the yeah. more obscure sort of eighties and nineties non-makeup. Mm. Bill and Ted's Bogus. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So we were playing all that stuff through the eighties and the nineties, and then yeah, Kiss reunited in ninety-seven, put the makeup back on, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we, yeah. So when Paul did this solo tour, it's like let's do that, um, and then that band just sort of fizzled out can't remember exactly what happened but mm. we sort of went our separate ways and we were doing some other stuff um and it's only just recently and we can probably turn this back to clint in a minute is that we've got this other band called acoustic kiss right so as the name suggests we do acoustic covers of kiss songs yeah um and actually just we just played max watts Last week. Oh, nice. How did it go? Fantastic. Yeah. Supporting uh, Looks to Kill, the Motley Crue tribute. Oh, yeah. And The Paw. Do you remember The Paw? No. They were around 25 years ago. They actually opened up for Kiss in 95. Oh. Yeah. And they're back together. They've been doing a few things. It was That was a good night. Yeah. But again, we do the stuff that Kiss do like on the Unplugged session, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but if you want to talk about six degrees of separation and stuff, you can... Tell them what this is about, Clintos. Oh, yeah, another one where uh, met up with a guy who was doing um, audio equipment for our school. Yes. And um, he came up with the idea. I said, yeah. <laughs> and I know a guy, again. <laughs> Comes back to me. He's just the go-to guy with everything. Acoustic Kiss. But, yeah. And that's where Acoustic Kiss was born. He had another guy playing guitar. Yeah. I brought Dean in. And like Dean said, we went for the more sort of obscure stuff that it's a real niche sort of market. Uh, we don't yeah. get huge crowds. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've a lot of Sunday afternoon, family-friendly type shows. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, at smaller venues that they, they, they pack out because they're smaller. Yeah. But slowly we're playing the bigger venues and um, 
you know, seem to be getting a good name. It's look, it's not something where it's a money maker or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's something you do, you know, four or five, six shows a year. Yeah, and whenever you do, you know you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we're sort of getting asked now by a lot of other bands to play on their bills because, you know, we're sort of getting around. So yeah. it's so easy. We can turn yeah. up with acoustic guitars. Yeah. And like the the drummer Dave, he can probably just play whatever kit is there, mm. you know, it's like we're, we're not too, you know, egotistical about, oh, we have to do this and that. Yeah. It's like we can just turn up and play, you know. It's yeah, so man. easy. That is a cool thing. It's great. Yeah, it's a good sort of opening act for a show, like a, a yeah. triple bill or something. That's probably why we're getting asked, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's a cool thing, man. Mm. Um, and so and so that actually is happening in conjunction with Fuvana at the moment as Correct. well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like most musicians, we've always got a few things on the go. Yeah. Um, there's always a lot of different projects and you, you know so many different people and then someone will come up with an idea. Hey, do you want to do this? And yeah. so the, the only really constraint is time. Yes. <laughs> Can we actually fit it in? Mm. So we're always, you know, we're sharing calendars and we're asking each other, are you free on this date? Oh, no, I can't do it. So in Fuvana, there's actually a guy named Chris. If I can't do a gig... We'll ask Chris. Ah, I mean, Chris have never been in the same room at the same time. They've yeah. never met each other. We've never met. I'm <laughs> right. sure he's a nice guy. Are, are you being serious? I'm being serious. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want these guys to miss out. Yeah. If there's three out of four of us can do a gig, I don't want to be the, the one guy that says, oh, sorry, you know, you can't do that gig because I'm not going to be there. So there is, is there a replaceable person for all of you guys in the band or just the front man? We've never replaced the drummer. Yep. And we've never replaced me. Yep. We've replaced the guitarist a couple of times. Yeah. Sure. But um, my main work nowadays is with a band called Countdown 80s. Mm-hmm. And if I have conflicting dates with Fuvana, I've got a replacement for Countdown 80s. Right. And I do the Fuvana show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of the guy that organises everything. That guy. Yeah. You're the guy. <laughs> yeah, He's I'm the, the guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy. Yeah. So, yeah. We've got... Um, Facebook Messenger and we've got WhatsApp and all that for all the different bands and, you know, Google calendars. Yeah, so, you know, it's pretty wild, age, hey? yeah, you can, it is. You know, but still, you know, the text goes a long way and you just say, hey, you frown this date, you just go, yes or no. Yeah. Um, and normally yeah. they get back to me within five he says, hours. Hurry, hurry, I need to know today. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that can be so frustrating <laughs> yeah, when you're organising a band. About here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, kind of bringing it home to the show that we, we just did together, um, we my 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 thinking was that um, we, we'd been doing these tributes to Pearl Jam's um, albums as they were turning 25. So we did 10 and Versus and, and in Vitalogy this year. And um, I was having difficulty finding a, a venue. Um, so I just approached everybody and the last person or the last booker that I thought would get back to us would be The Corner. And they did. The Corner's like, yeah, we'll put on that show. And then mm. I did a bit of research and found that they had been doing a lot of tribute shows at The Corner mm. recently. So it's kind of a market they're, they're kind of yeah, looking sure. to fill. Mm. I'm like, okay, cool. So we did the, the, the Vitality tribute that time. Um, and then because it was a success, the boys were keen to do it again. I was like, okay, well, we'll maybe just do a Greatest Hits this time. We'll just do the, the classic hits of the Pearl Jam thing. I'm like, why don't we get a... Um, you know, another tribute band to support us. And that was when um, Troy, uh, the rhythm guitarist um, in the the tribute that we did, um, reached out to you guys. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Glad to uh, accept the call there. Yeah, it was very cool. It was a great night, yeah. Um, And, man, that was really fun. It was, wasn't it? Punters (laughs) loved it. That's the thing. The the main rule that we've always said in any band it has to be fun. Yeah. If it's not fun, then just stop doing it. Well, that's right. That's it's very simple. And the fact that we've had the same lineup for eight years, I think. Yeah. Because, you yeah. know, we can rib each other and we can, you know. But, but, oh, there's but a lot of that. There's a lot of that, especially with the drummer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't feature in any of the uh, promotional material. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's right. just coincidence. It's not by choice. But it's still funny. Memories come up on Facebook. And, oh, there's another photo. Doesn't have the drummer in it. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. You were never there. Exactly. Fantastic. But no, I think it's um, if you can sort of make it work and if it's fun, yeah, you just keep going. Yeah, you know, important. there's probably been you know a few times over the last decade where you can go, oh, I don't know. This might be sort of grating. And you know, you, you play a couple of bad gigs or something. Is you know certain places that you play that. Uh, not that great. Central yeah. Club. Yeah. Sorry. I wasn't going to mention it, but you just did. Um, the, the, cent- certain pl- the Central Club? Yeah, the Central Club. In, was that in Richmond? Yeah. yeah. 
Just did they used to have like tribute nights there? Did they? Yeah, yeah they still never, do. Never got a decent crowd. That place crowd still there. exists. Still exists. Apparently. Not many people go there, from my experience. No, anyway. no, I wouldn't go there. No. See, the corner hotel is in the perfect spot. Yeah, yeah, it's because the it's near the station. It's the corner. Yeah, and that's it. But you go a couple of blocks down. You got the Central Club. Nobody goes there. No, no. Um, Not much foot traffic down there. No. No, it's there's just, none. Just yeah, really you're weird. right. Yeah. So, yeah, there's certain venues, but yeah, the, you, there might have been some experiences and, and all that stuff that you sort of, you get a little bit turned off, but then, yeah. you know, you might play another gig and it's the best gig you've ever done. Mm. You go, okay, all right, we're back. And there's some certain great venues we've played. Like we started, we Fivan was basically born at the ESPY in the Gershwin oh, And until that closed, yeah. we were playing there, you know, six, seven times a year. And they were the best shows. Yeah. The best shows. You'd pack that out, especially in the, the hot months. Oh, jeez, it was like 50 degrees on stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have a, there was a bucket of Melbourne bitter out the back and you smash probably about six of those. Yeah. Um, those lighting you, cans are just the Lighting cans, oh, jeez. But you'd <laughs> always Gershwin get a good room, crowd. Man. Yeah, always yeah, good gigs. Space. And everybody, you go to St Kilda, you know that you're going to have a good time. Yeah. See, I was out of the tribute scene while I was playing at the SB. I was always trying to cut my teeth there as an original artist, yes. mm-hmm. which is a lot different, yeah. you know. Um, but now that I'm kind of just like, oh, kind of done the originals to death and um, I'd much rather when I do put on a show to actually have people show up, um, then I'll, <laughs> I'm happy to do the, the covers and the, the tribute nights, you know, because then, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun night, you know. It's yeah, going to be absolutely. great, you know. So there you go. And I think as we were saying in your kitchen before while you were yeah. making us a beautiful coffee, yeah, thank you. is that um, if there's some sort of anniversary of an album or anything that comes yeah, up, you want to make it an event. gimmick to get people to there, yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, when we talk about the Kiss stuff, it's like you just don't just want to do just another Kiss show. And if it's Fuvana, it's like it's just another Fuvana show. It's like, yeah. you know, let's do something a bit different. If it's so, something to celebrate, yeah. then yeah. yeah it's, it's and we can always, do. you know, because we, with the Fuvana stuff, is we can do a whole set of Foo Fighter, the whole set of Nirvana, yeah. or we mix it up. So like we did with you guys at the corner, mm. we'll just do a couple of Foo, a couple of Nirvana, and we'll sort of back and forth yeah um but you know and then we throw some powder finger in there as well mm. so we did a gig up in broken hill they said oh we want another band and it's like instead of trying to bring another band up for a 10-hour drive and yeah it's like well what else can we do and it's like ah play some powder finger that's easy enough <laughs> i think that went the best <laughs> actually they, yeah, they really enjoyed that yeah and it's easier for me to sing than screaming like <laughs> dave or kurt <laughs> yeah that's true like, cool Sing like Bernard for a bit. It's actually a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's actually quite quite clever because it's not like Powderfinger's playing anymore. Well, that's no, right. Yeah. That's you know, that that is a um opportunity. Yep. Yeah. You know. And the it's amazing how the people get into it, you know. Like I, I you know, I wasn't a huge Powderfinger fan. Yeah. But playing this stuff, even around Melbourne, just they know all the songs, you know. They really do. They do. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing Powderfinger at Rod Laver Arena. For yeah. the for Vulture Street because that record was huge. It was, yep. and they had John Butler Trio open up for them, and I didn't really know any different. I just thought the, these guys were an arena band, and then I think the next few albums weren't as successful. I saw them at like at the Forum, and I think I saw them at um, the oh where they had the boxing back in the day Festival Hall. Festival Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw them there, but then. They did try. They did eventually make it back into the arena space when they had uh, uh, Silverchair play with them. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did yeah. like one last hurrah, and they were yeah, able to sell right. enough, you know, yeah. albums or whatever to, to go back into the arenas. But <laughs> um, that's something that like the regular punter and the regular person doesn't really think about, like how how many album sales and, and how much rotation a band gets, will they actually be able to sell fifteen to 20,000 tickets yeah, versus 10,000 at the Forum yeah, or absolutely. you know 10,000 yeah. at the Festival or whatever it is? Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting well, stuff. It, if you think about it in, in sort of cover band context, it's like, yeah, are we going to play the Espy Gershwin Room? Yeah, which yeah. Is, you know, four, five, six hundred people, however, however many they can pack in yeah, there. Yeah. Or do we just play some bar somewhere and it's like 50 people turn up and it's like, yeah, oh, well. That might still be okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Depends yeah. if they're 50 good people or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like your music. Yeah. That's it. If, if they dig it, man. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So um, if people do want to reach out to you guys and um, book you guys for shows and stuff like that, does Fuvana have a, like a likable fat page on Facebook? 
Please do your best Gene Simmons impersonation and tell everybody, Clintos. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so Fuvana Australia on Facebook. Fuvana, yeah, okay, cool. On yep, Facebook. You can, you can check us out there. Yeah. And uh, we've also got page for Australian Foo Fighters show, Lithium, the Australian Nirvana show, <laughs> and Louderfinger, the Australian Powderfinger show. So all three bases plus the... All-in-one version. Yeah, so you can book any of those. Yeah, nice. And you were saying also that you do um, Acoustic Kiss. Does that have a likeable page as well? Yes, Acoustic Kiss is there. Yeah. And uh, Countdown 80s. The other band I'm in. There you go. The only band I'm not in with Dean. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's on there too. That's a cover. That's like 80s cover band, obviously. 80s covers. Yeah, nice. uh, All the tunes from the 80s that I grew up with. That's Mm. it. And I've got a couple of others as well. Oh, what else have you got? Well... I've got uh, an original band called Hammercan, H-A-M-M-E-R-C-A-N. Hammercan. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, we've done a couple of albums, but it's one of those sort of bands that, you know, if it happens, it happens because everybody's married and got kids and all that sort of sure. stuff. But, yeah, if it, yeah. you know, if we can do something, it's great. I think the, the you know, just actually the, the process of making an album and playing a couple of gigs is, is very exciting. Yeah. The original stuff, as you know, but then you sort of fall back to the, the cover stuff for, you know, a bit of fun. Mm. Um, but I've got another project um, called The Gods of Rock. Gods so of Rock. Sticking with that sort of eighties rock thing, we've got this band. It's a bit of a concept band, like your Steel Panther sort of thing. Oh, nice! So, yeah, we're hoping to uh, get that up and running. We've been going for a little while. Done probably a couple of gigs here and there. Yeah. Um, hopefully, do a bit more. But again, all depends on time. And, and if, Dean also has a day job. Yeah, exactly. I've got a day job as well and a yeah, wife. Well, what do you and, do during the day? Did we didn't get to actually well, touch on that? Did we? Work at a bank. Are you a banker? Yeah. Oh, I'm wow. in the uh, compliance and finance side of things. But uh, first option bank, every, all the interest rates are really low. If you're looking for a home loan, car loan, <laughs> everything. I'm not in sales, but uh, this might be the platform to do it. So, yeah, yeah, first option bank. Fantastic. <laughs> well, reach out to the boys, Clint and Dean, if you want a Foo Fighters, Nirvana, Powderfinger, Kiss, 80s. These guys are the ones to contact. What else can we do? We for do everything. Any cover <laughs> version, except for Pearl Jam. Except Stay away for from Pearl Jam. Jam. Yeah, we'll, say, yeah. we'll leave it to the we'll experts. Leave it to the, yeah. <laughs> These guys, Dave and his guys, were fantastic at the corner. Just blew us away. It was a lot of fun, man. It was man. a great night. Gosh. A great night. Yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun putting it together. And, yeah. and thanks again for, for you guys warming up the Absolutely. crowd. Anytime. Yeah, it was really Great fun. Very yeah. good turnout. And the sound system is fantastic. How good the guys is playing there. on that corner stage? Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, just man. Just the sound International back acts have played there. It's just it's yeah. perfect. It was very cool. Well, hopefully we'll get to do it again soon. And there actually is possibly a date for us to be playing again in March, maybe. We don't know yet, but yeah, keep an eye out, guys. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, with Alice Remains. Yep. Correct. Another uh, very, very good band. Yeah. And there was an, maybe, was there another bill band on the bill as well? I think it was going to be the three, but I could be wrong. That's what I heard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alice <laughs> Remains, Fufana and us, of yeah. course. Yeah. No, that's, that's three, of course. I'm a Muppet. <laughs> you can see why. You need another coffee, though. That's it. I'm, I'm almost falling asleep. Spice Girls tribute. Wasn't it? That's Spice what Girls. It was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want some Backstreet Boys as well? Bit yeah, of Craig we'll, David. We'll throw that I'll, in I'll there. hook you up. Oh, good on you, boys. Well, Clint, thank you so much. Dean, thank you again for joining me on the Art of Touring, um, and we'll see both of you guys on a stage very, very soon. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Dave. Rock on. See you guys. See you, mate. Ciao. And that's a wrap, Sizzlers, episode 89, all done. Thanks for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to the show, I hope you come on back each and every week. I have a new guest. Every time you put on the Art of Touring, it's going to be somebody new. So uh, you are more than welcome to join the Art of Touring family by becoming a regular listener. A sizzler! Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me directly at artoftouringpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you would like to come on the show or maybe you know someone who would be a good fit for the show, a touring musician, a performer or a wrestler, please hit me up. Or you can just slide into the old DMs on Instagram at artoftouringpodcast.
You can listen to Art of Touring on Wooshka and you can download it on iTunes. Now, if you have enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to give the podcast a rating, just like Sam Webster did, who I gave a shout-out at the end of the show. Sorry, the start of the show. Now he's getting the double shout-out, Sam Webster. Thank you so much for leaving that review. You're the man. So be like, be a champ, just like Sam, and leave a review for the Art of Touring podcast. Now let's get into some plugs. Saturday the 15th of February at the Spotted Mallard in Brunswick, the Art of Touring podcast is celebrating its 100th episode with a live event. Joining me on the night will be previous guests of the show, including live sets from the Millionaires Club. These guys do wrestling theme songs. They're hilarious. Love these guys to bits. Julian James and Nick Ivkovich have both been on the show. The Millionaires Club will be at the 100th live event. Also joining us is Delsinki from episode two. No, episode three. Very early days in the pod. He's going to come on back. Haven't seen uh, Old Maid Crago in quite a while. Delsinki's going to be bringing his acoustic vibes, rock funky, groovy stuff that he does. Very eclectic stuff to the Spotted Mallard on the 15th of Feb. Also, previous guests of the show, Warbirds will be there. Anth Nekic and Lee Strap, both previous guests of the show, Warbirds, will be performing a full set of their of their tracks. And also, congratulations to the Warbirds for taking out the number one album this year, 2019, for the uh, What's it called? The the Beautiful Car Crash Album Awards. So congrats, Warbirds. And don't forget, Swedish Pop Factory will be there also. Swedish Pop Factory uh, hip-hop trio will be there very early on in the pod. Those guys came on, and they will be featured on the night with an amazing set, so you don't want to miss them. And how can we forget the debut performance by The Lip Looseners? We'll be performing songs from your favourite tracks, from favourite fake bands from fake movies, from movies rather, including Spinal Tap, Still Crazy, uh, Mark Wahlberg's Rockstar, The Wedding Singer, um, also uh, Almost Famous, and That Thing You Do, and possibly even a track from um, uh, Julian Barrett's Netflix special, Mindhorn. We might even do Handcuff the Wind. It's going to be amazing. This night's going to be rad. Tickets are available right now through the event page on Facebook. So go and give the Art of Touring podcast a like on Facebook or go to the Spotted Mallards event page and hit attending and grab your tickets. It's going to be insane. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I have a few shout outs. Shout out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guests this week, Clint and Dean from Fuvana. Before Be sure to follow them on all their social media profiles for all of their bands. The Australian Coldplay Show, Fuvana Australia, it's all there. The 80s one they do, just go and check it out. They're amazing. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening, Sizzlers. Tune in next time for another episode of The Art of Turing. With us, says Woo! I should join like an 80s hair rock band. Did you hear that that falsetto? I'm going to need that for the lip looseners. Some high notes in those tunes. Remember this week's podcast was brought to you by Lobos Collectibles in Thornbury, the best vintage toy store in the universe, and Anytime Fitness in Epping, where as the name suggests, you can train anytime, day or night.